at the movies is a proud member of the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network. Other shows in the network include Mass Debaters, The Sip List, Crushgasm, Love is Black, Men are the Prize, Crime Rewind, and Literature Reapers. You can find out all about our shows and more at idnmtrpodcastnetwork.com. Happy listening. so happy to announce that i did it fucking right this time and we're actually recording yay um welcome back everybody to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast this is an evening at movies i am one of host casey i'm joined by one half of the other two of us shanna's with us because Amanda doesn't feel like she remembers this movie well enough to accommodate our listeners this week. So she'll get this the rest of the week off. This movie is ingrained in my brain. I could never forget this movie. I mean, one, it's not like it's that complex of a movie. And two, it's very, very memorable. And we'll get to all the memorable moments in this movie as well. But... um Really quick before we get to introing the movie that we'll be discussing, I would just like to um, update everybody because shit is changing left and right with our An Evening at the Movies Good Pod stuff. And it's changing for Literature Reapers as well, but this is not Literature Reapers, so I'll save that for 
our uh, mid mid month check in. Mid, you know, you knew what I wanted to say. Yep. So, um, currently, right now, as we speak, as of this morning, an evening at the movies on the weekly TV and film top one hundred indie pod list is ranked number eleven. We have also jumped up to number 48 and number 36 on the top 100 shows on Good Pods as well. So whatever we're doing, we're doing something right because we're climbing the damn charts really quickly. And I'm excited to see if Dre's birthday episode that dropped this morning, aka two days ago for those of you listening well, obviously, listening, because we're not doing live today. But, yeah. Dre's episode should help us crack into that top ten. Hopefully before we return again to record an episode for you. Um, we got a couple coming up this week. And then um, Chance the Rapper will be back here recording with us next weekend for... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. So stay tuned for that. Um, but other than that, Shanna, say hello to the listeners because since I didn't officially introduce you, go ahead and That's all right. say hi. I actually need no introduction. I no. am an enigma. I am Shan Banan. And where might our listeners know you from? Oh, episodes of Crime Rewind. Also on Literature Reapers and a frequent co-host on this show. You know, for somebody who didn't have a podcast a year ago, you've got a lot of fucking podcasts now. I am kind of a podcast whore. Hey, three years ago, I didn't have a fucking podcast. And now I've got two. I'm part of the network. And I regularly pop in and fill in when somebody has to dip out. On Crime Rewind. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the simplest more often than I'm not either. So, either way, we all have a lot of freaking podcasts and we have a lot of fun doing this. And that's what we're all here for. And it's an amazing little network that we've built. It is. I mean, just the fact that literally this morning, being Monday morning, when I woke up to go to the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning to see the amount of already happy birthday messages that Dre had in our group chat. I think every damn one of you people stayed up until midnight your time to send the damn text <laughs> message. Happy birthday. By the way, I know this is a day late, but happy birthday, Dre. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. By the time this episode drops, definitely. And hopefully by the time this episode drops, um, we'll be celebrating my gracious victory last night in the Black Jeopardy contest as we attempt to celebrate Dre's birthday on on the I Did Not Make These Ranking Podcast Network drafts. But I won't bring that up because if I did win, then that'll be a bitter pill for somebody else to swallow, and she doesn't like losing as much as I don't like losing, so I don't care what she says. She's as much of a bad loser as I am, so. As someone who has gone through, I mean, Dre and I have run through the boards, like, from start to finish, and you guys are in for a task. 
And I'm going to have, I'm going to have the best time watching you guys. It's going to be great. See, you came into the network at the right time because now you get to be Shanna White Mm -hmm. and sit back and watch all this chaos while the rest of us six are sitting here scrambling, trying to not look like fucking morons. Exactly. And you know, I don't, Dre can say all he wants. I'm not trying to make people look bad at the end of the day. He's going to be laughing his ass off every time we screw something up. So I'm not hating. I'm just saying paybacks are a bitch, Dre. <laughs> so definitely if you did not get a chance to listen to the live episode last night, I highly recommend you check that out when Dre drops the episode on Friday morning. Our network episodes are fucking amazing, and you should be watching them live anyway, because when it's live, that's when it's the best. But I don't think Dre does much editing to those anyway, so even recorded, you're still getting the same product But if you anyway. watch live, you can participate. That's the key, though. Is yeah. You can go to Dre's personal Facebook page, and you can comment in, mm-hmm. and we can respond back to you, and you can respond to us. And we can interact and yep, we that's, can podcast scissors. That's what makes it the most fun is when you get that audience participation. Especially when the they don't agree fun with us. Part is, oh, yeah. The really fun parts, though, is like when, because we've had a couple moments where at times, if you've listened to any of our episodes, it can get kind of, as we call, cutthroat. And if we have a really good topic, People will steal other people's picks. And um, Amanda, on one of our very first ones, stole one of Dre's ultimate amazing picks. Pissed him off beyond reasonable doubt. So he freaking flew. Oh, my God. Literally, his fiance, who was downstairs at the time, texted in during the show. And she's like, are you okay? Is somebody killing you? Because he literally had that big of a a meltdown from Amanda stealing his pick. So he got revenge, and he went around Amanda's back and took Halloween from her. So it can get very ruthless and fun. So definitely, I highly recommend check it out. Absolutely. And as the newest member of the network, I love that the group is so dynamic. There are so many different types of personalities in the group that, I mean, there's someone in the group that you can relate to at all times. And just... I mean, you've got this sweet Kendra. She sounds like a Disney character. <laughs> and but at the same time, as sweet as Kendra is, she will, she will be the first in line to slit your throat. Exactly. <laughs> and, she has done it before, too. And there's no Not shame so- in that. But the problem is with Kendra, she sounds so sweet, you don't see it coming. Nope. Not. Kendra very much has a style for her drafting that she likes to stick with. And she doesn't very much go outside of that style. When she does, though, you will literally see everybody in the episode. Yes. And then you've got Amanda. It's, it's so lovely. Amanda, who is oh, the God. epitome of competitor. I mean, she would she would shove you down in front of a moving car if you stole her pick. 
And then there's Dre, who is just unbelievably animated when he gets upset or, mm-hmm. you know, someone riles him up and it's hysterical. And then ha- you have Hari, the epitome of the perfect gentleman, you know, and then you'll hear him every once in a while drop a swear word. And you're like, oh, Harvey. <laughs> and then you know that you hit some nerve. And then there's you mm-hmm. that you're just you go all over the place. There's no predicting what you do. And then there's Cam. I don't know her. I like being unpredictable. She is like a feral cat <laughs> that you're trying oh my to God. bring into the house. You should have seen the night that Dre freaking stole a Harry Potter from her. I don't remember what draft it was, but Harry Potter is one of her favorite franchises. And Dre got to pick right in front of her and he took Harry Potter off the board. Oh, she literally went crazy. Like she was ready to. Kill, hurt, maim at any cost, and she has vowed she will get revenge at some point. And she so, still yeah. hasn't yet, and that was probably like two and a half months ago. Yeah. So, so it's definitely a fun and dynamic network to, to watch. Not only do you get the variety of our different shows, but you also, when we all team up for the drafts, you get the variety of all of our personalities and how we play off of each other and how we feed off of each other. So it's really a neat dynamic it was a neat dynamic for me to watch before I became part of it. And it's even more fun now that I'm in the mix. See, and one of the nice things for you too is you just didn't come in and surprise become part of the drafts when Crime Rewind and Literature Reapers got inducted into the network. You were actually one of our first guest draftees or drafters that we had all the way back when we started back at the end of yeah. 2022. Yeah. So, Obviously, that helped out that you kind of sort of knew what you were coming into. And you've watched enough of these episodes that you're like, these people know me. They these people love me. And it's like hands going in gloves. Yeah, I was a super fan. I started off as a super fan and now I'm part of the fam. Went from fan to fam. And then we'll go back around and go back to fan because we're on a time schedule and we've got a movie to discuss. An epic movie. And that movie that we're here to... It is an epic movie. This movie, we're going to get to exactly what this movie means to me as a, in, a, in the grand scheme of things. This movie is so much more for me personally than just a great movie. We'll yeah. get into that though. I think it is. We beat around the bush enough. True. We beat around the bush enough. And for those of you who haven't seen my TikTok that I posted on Monday or that I shared in the Facebook group on Monday as well, we're here to discuss the never ending story. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I grew up loving that song. I did too. I still listen to it. I it's still in get, my Spotify. I still get goosebumps. It's one of those. It's not necessarily as simplistic as like Rock Me Amadeus, but there isn't really a whole hell of a lot to the song. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining because I'm not. It's a great song. And like I said, it's still in my Spotify. 40 some odd years late, almost 40 years later. 
We are close to this movie being 40 fucking years old. Do you realize that? Oh, God. Was I that young when it came out? You're muted. And then let's just rip the band-aid off and reveal all the bare bones information for the listeners so that they know what we're dealing with here. Um, July 20th, 1984. So literally. I was three. This movie turned 39. What? Three weeks ago? Yeah, I was three years old when this came out. Seven. No, you said 84. Yeah, I said I was seven when it came out. I thought you were telling me I was seven. I was like, dude, I think I know how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm not dumb enough to try and argue with a woman over her age. I'm not the kind of woman that hides my age either. I don't care if people know how old I am. Hit the fucking number, and at the end of the day, everybody's going to hit that number anyway. Well, not necessarily hit that number, but everybody's going to age, so yeah, there's no point in getting butt hurt over it. Um, the movie was directed by Wolfgang Peterson. It was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It had a budget of twenty-seven million dollars, had a box office of one hundred million dollars. And would you like to take a guess as to your estimate as to what the Rotten Tomato score for this movie is? I'm going to go 72%. So close. 83%. Nice. So you, you were pretty close. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies where this movie came... Some of the other stuff that came out around the time that this movie came out, it's amazing to see that the movie had such a big box office that it did. And I think what's neat about movies that came out during our youth is, yeah, that we really hit them hard when they were in the box office back when going to the movie was a huge deal. But they have kind of seen a resurgence. And now that we're getting older, we are learning to reappreciate the movies that we enjoyed when we were young. So not only are they getting, you know, a lot of the movies from younger generations or, you know, older than us, but younger than we are now. Um, They see their movies and then they just kind of go by the wayside. But our generation really has that nostalgia craving where we Mm -hmm. want to re-experience things that we experienced as children. So, And I think the other thing, too, is, like, there's stuff since we started doing this podcast that I've gone back and rewatched again that I didn't necessarily appreciate as much as a kid, but looking at it from a grown perspective as a 40 year old person. Like cool as ice, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, 30 years ago, I hated cool as ice with a passion. I can officially sit back and say, it's not necessarily in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I don't think it's in anybody's top but 10 I, movies except Rip Van Winkle, Rob Van Winkle, or whatever his name is. Rip Van Winkle. Maybe he needs to be Rip, Rip Van Winkle and go back to sleep if he thinks that movie is good. But that movie is not good. You know what? I but, bet, and I mentioned this when we recorded that episode, I bet he's sitting in his living room wondering why all of a sudden he got like $3.84 in royalties. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Where did this come from? It's like, cool as eyes. Somebody actually freaking pulled that out of the freaking closet. Because and- you bought it and I rented it. And that's like six bucks right there. <laughs> uh, he's like, damn. I'm getting a new hammer I- for my renovation show. Ironically, like next week, him and Montel Jordan and I think Keith Sweat and there's a another 90s band. I, oh, All for One are going to be at one of the casinos just south of Seattle. And you're going, Actually, right? Oh, yeah. I, I would be the one that would get front row tickets with the big ass freaking sign. I'm the reason you... You got a six dollar freaking check from royalties on cool as ice. No, what you do is you hold up the logo to an evening at the movies. Well, yeah, that too. I'm not gonna lie. When mom and I go to the Mariners game on Saturday night, I'm wearing my an evening at the movies shirt. Yeah. So that even if people don't directly ask me, they will all see the shirt and Maybe somebody, four, five, six, fifty people, will have it etched and burned into the back of their mind, and then they'll be just sitting around and they'll be thinking, "Oh, I want to listen to a podcast." And hey, what I remember seeing this thing title that looked like a podcast title. Type it in. Oh, hey, there it is. Bam, and start listening and fall in love with it. Or you're walking around and someone sees your shirt and they ask you about it, and that's like the best opportunity to promote the shit out of our stuff. Exactly. I mean, if we get there early enough, I'm not ashamed enough that I'll be freaking down along the freaking wall during batting practice while everybody's out on the field warming up and trying to get freaking players' attention and get selfies and whatnot. So if I can get somebody's attention that's like actually a legitimate baseball player, I'll freaking ask for a selfie. I'll ask for a freaking voice clip where they get to plug an evening at the movies as well. There's no shame in my game. Yeah. So, all right. Never ending story. Let's just get into it because I think from the discussion, we'll cover enough of the plot that it won't matter. And at the end of the day, I'm sure most people who are going to be listening to this episode know exactly what this yeah. movie was about. So, obvious. First question of the discussion is always, what about this movie did you absolutely fall in love with when you first watched it? When I was young and I first experienced this movie, I was just hitting the peak of my love of reading. And I really loved the fact that this was all based off of Bastion hiding out and reading this this illicit book. Um, And I really loved how much... This and The Princess Bride are both, like, I love so much because, you know, it's narrated by someone reading a story. And I really, really love that because you, I, I kind of feel like I'm more involved in the story because I'm reading right along with the narrator. I well, really, kinda, really love that. Kind of sort of like I said in the publicity for this episode, this movie kind of introduced the world to being meta before meta was cool. Right. And I really loved all of the fantastic characters, the fantasy element of it that 
there were so many different species and characters and interactions. And I just, I loved how outrageous it was for the time period. And I just, I remember, and I know that looking back at it now, you know, 40 years later, the special effects aren't shit. And I get that. But back in the day, those, the makeup and, oh my gosh, I just, I loved every second of it. You could just lose yourself well, in the story. Because here's the point that I was going to make too. Because um, at the end of the day, you can compare 1984's Never Ending Story to, what was it, early 2000s, whenever Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring came out. Very similar types of movies. Like fantastical realms. movies. Of, realms journeys across the world to achieve a goal and save so the yeah, world definitely very save the world so yeah very similar in that aspect but visually on screen way totally different because of the fact that peter jackson had a lot more at his disposal for special effects and whatnot to make the world even more eye-popping than Wolfgang Peterson had back in, what, 1982, 83, when they were filming this movie? Right. So let me ask you this. Not to put... Go ahead. If you found out that there was an opportunity to remake this movie using special effects that are available now, would you want to see it? To me, okay, this is going to kind of sort of be a little bit of a drawn out answer because um, I'm going to encompass my reasons why I love this movie into it as well. Um, But a lot of the same reasons why you said you love this movie is the exact same reason why I love this movie as well. Um, Like I said, at the time I first saw this, I was seven-ish. Well, it came out in July of '84, so I probably didn't see it. I don't. I did not see it in the theater. I saw it on VHS, and that would mean I probably didn't see it until probably spring of '85. Because this is not, you know, 45 days and it's out in the store to buy or the stores to rent. Stream. Back when we were kid. Back when we were kids, you were lucky if you got a movie a year after it came out on yeah DVD. Yeah. Or VHS, excuse me. VHS, yeah. Or even Betamax or whatever. I grew up with Betamax. Yeah. I've seen all three, Betamax, LaserDisc, and VHS. And let's just say we are very fortunate to be where we're at technologically compared to where we were 40 years ago when I started watching movies. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, this movie is one of a handful of movies that I remember as being the first movies that I ever sat through completely as a kid. Um, This movie is a lot of the reason why I love books like The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and Princess Bride and the never-ending story and things of that nature. Um, 
so this movie has a lot riding on its back for me. Um, with that said, if there was a chance to go back and remake this movie now, with today's technology, I I can't because this I love this movie so much that it would just be a major letdown any way you look at it. And I have kind of a mixed bag of emotions when it comes to this. It's kind of a double-edged sword for me. I would want them to remake it because I feel like that would be the draw that it would need for, you know, the younger generations to actually sit down and watch it. Any person under the age of 30, 35 that I try to get to watch this movie, they look at it and they're like, oh my God, this is so old. I have no interest. So I would ask that they remake it with that in mind too, because the story is incredible. And I feel like everyone should see the story in whatever way. Um, you know, if it, if it takes them redoing the special effects to draw in the younger generations, you know, to see it cool. Yeah. And then maybe they'll watch the older one while I would like them to remake it using modern technology to open the door for more people to see it and increase the interest to see it. I would not personally watch it because I would not want to destroy the memories that I have associated with it and the nostalgia that I carry there, there's so much of my childhood wrapped up in one movie that I feel like it would mm -hmm. destroy that for me. No, I get that totally 100%. And you probably convinced me to open my mind more to the possibility of said remake. But at the same time, I would probably would follow suit with you and not be able to watch it again. Just for the pure fact that you're not going to be able to there is seven, eight, nine, ten, however many I have accounted moments in my mind from this movie that literally are emotional gut punches. They're incredibly nostalgic. And I'm sorry, you just, to me, you're not going to be able to recapture the magic. And I don't no. want to have those moments. I don't on. think they can. Yeah, I don't think they could duplicate or recapture it for our generation, but I do think that they can create that magic for future generations, because I think that is the biggest holdup for the younger generations in actually watching this movie, is because it doesn't have that wow factor that the the new, you know, special effects the and everything. Epic, the, the epic right, battles, and, the CGI's, right. and and I think the younger generations need that in order to hold their attention. So I, I I think they should remake it and retell the story, you know, with those grand special effects and everything. I just would not personally watch it because it would destroy that magic for me. But I would definitely encourage my daughter to watch it. So has your daughter watched the movie before? I have tried to get her to watch it with me. Um, because I, you know, I'm sitting here building up this movie. I'm like, oh my God, it's incredible. It's incredible. I love it so much. And we're about a half hour to 45 minutes into it. And she's playing on her phone because she's so bored because it doesn't have that visually stunning stuff that captures people's attention that are younger than us. She's literally right 
either right before or right after probably one of the biggest gut punches in cinematic history. Yeah. And it wouldn't have even have faced oh. her because she was playing on her phone. And I'm sitting there blubbering. Look, I mean, it happens. It, literally, it happens so fast that they introduce the environment that they're in. They're walking through said environment. And then like 45 seconds later, it's over. Yeah. And then you're sobbing so, for the next 45 minutes. Yeah. Because you get literally the bandaid has been ripped off at that point. And right. you're incredibly emotionally raw and vulnerable through the end of the movie. And this movie kind of does that to you throughout anyway, from like the bullying that Bastion experiences to, you know, his feelings of isolation where he wants to just be by himself because he kind of feels like an outcast so much that, you know, he feels like he doesn't fit in. So then he, you know, goes and finds some small dark space to read his book. I can relate to that. Um, yeah, you know, and then you get into it where you meet a Treyu and um, you meet Artax. Artax. Yeah. And you're, you start rooting for them because you're like, okay, here comes the savior. He is going to save, you know, and it's going to be amazing. And then, you know, the swamp scene happens. And yeah. then you're like, motherfucker. I mean, not when you're five or six years old, you aren't swearing at the TV like that. But, oh, no, I yeah, was. You know, you're like, son of a biscuit eating bulldog. And then you're sitting there, and then it's just, it's like gut punch after gut punch. And then you see the visualization of the nothing that looks like a freaking werewolf. That terrified me. I mean, yeah. Just, that scared me like so much as a kid and it still gives me the heebie-jeebies as a 42-year-old grown adult. Well, I mean, even to the same effect that even like the atmospheric version of the nothing uh -huh. being like a big hurricane type storm ripping through um, their world. It's like... Wasn't that, it called Fantasia? Yes, I I knew what it was. It, it wasn't coming to me, and I didn't. It want always to threw me off because whenever I'd say Fantasia, uh, 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 then I always think of that Disney animated, and I'm like, is it this? Yeah, the, you know, so then I'm like, oh, I have to be wrong, but I'm not wrong. It's Fantasia. Yeah, I didn't know it is. I just it was right there on the tip of my yeah. tongue, and I was like, I didn't want to stutter through it until it freaking came out. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so. Is it safe to say that we can't go with the opposite of the first discussion question being, is there anything about this movie that you absolutely cannot stand? Because I personally, for me, I don't think there's a damn thing about this movie that I absolutely can't stand and that I did. Well, I mean, I will say till I'm blue in the face that I can't stand and I detest that one scene that we had this discussion when you requested this movie. Being the scene in the swamp. The death of Artax. I mean, honestly, if people are watching yes. this or listening to this, they've seen the movie. Oh, yeah. The, this is not one of those movies like, oh, hey, they're discussing a movie I've never heard of before. Let me listen to this before I watch the movie. Right now. now so I'm not. 
I probably should have just. I need to get in the habit of just at the before we get into these discussions. And spoiler alerts all over the place. Oh yeah. Just in case, but I don't think this is one that we're going to have a whole lot of listeners. Going to be like half thirty-three minutes and forty-six seconds into the episode, be like, "Damn it! I just listened to all this and." You just spoiled the damn movie for me. Right. And I, I'm um, assuming that our listening demographic is people mostly our age. So I would assume that if they have not seen The NeverEnding Story at this point in their life, it's because they've they have heard an interest to it. do so. So yeah. whatever we say they, as a this spoiler alert life, isn't going to. Yeah, and at this point, if you have no interest in the episode or the movie then that's cool we're just not here people. <laughs> thank you but so it is what it is back to your question is there anything in this movie that i absolutely cannot stand and it's only one thing and it's absolutely minor and it is a personal preference but when that turtle sneezes snot on a treyu that just grosses me the fuck out. It's so gross. Like, snot makes me gag. And just to watch that, it's just like chunks. No, I'm good. <laughs> and the fact that it happened not once, but twice. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't get that out your system the first time? Like, how much exactly. sinus buildup do you have, sir? Well, and at the same time, okay, uh, Mr. Atreyu. You're going to climb up a freaking tree to talk to this thing, and it's going to sneeze you off the damn tree. So what are you going to do? You're going to climb back up there again so we can do it again? Yeah. Probably not the smartest warrior from the plains people who hunted the purple buffalo. Right, yeah. And I also remember, too, like growing up, <laughs> dating myself here, I used to have the biggest girl crush on a tray. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I think every girl my age did. You know, they're like, oh, he's so dreamy. He's also like 12 years old. But to be fair, I was also like 10 years young. old, you know, like, yeah. so I used to think, oh, he's so dreamy. Now, when I watch it, I'm like, you're a little bit old to be saying these things. Yeah. But like, I feel no shame in having a crush on him when I was 10 years old. Like, I'll tell people, yeah, he was my man crush, or my boy crush. I think he was probably my first crush growing up. No, I mean, if you were, what, four when this movie came out? I didn't see it then. I was probably well, ten by the time I saw it. Well, yeah, too, because we all know that when you were young, you weren't necessarily growing up domestically either. Right. You were... International Shannon Banana. Yes. I was taking the world by storm. So not only would we have to wait for the movie to exit theaters, and movies played in theaters a lot longer back then, too, because they were so much to produce that they, they had to sit in movie theaters for a while. And then once they removed it from the theater, you're looking at at least a year before they get it, you know, edited for video. And then I had to wait for my grandparents to be able to dub it yeah. so then they could send it to us overseas. Well, I mean, here's the prime example that I remember a certain movie from my childhood that came out very early in the 80s. I don't remember exactly what year, 
but I think it was the second or third movie I ever saw in the movie theater that did not come out on VHS until 1989 or 1990. So it was probably a good nine to ten years after it first. I mean, it was released in theaters and re-released in theaters like two or three times. What movie? Before the Steven Spielberg classic. E.T.? E.T. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't that long. It definitely felt like that long for me because that was one of those movies I remember seeing in the theater and fell in love with. And I was like, I want to see this again. But at the same time, if they're not going to release it on VHS at that time, then you basically were stuck waiting on the off chance they may or may not re-release it in the theater. And I also remember it kind of goes along with the nostalgia of being our age and going to the theater. It was like a whole production to go to the movie theater. Like it was a family event and you got the Mm -hmm. popcorn and then, you know, it was and the previews, there were no commercials during the previews. It was all movies that were going to be coming out. And now everything is so commercialized. When you go to the theater, you've got 20 minutes of actual like commercials that you would see on TV And then you've got, you know, trivia, and then you've got previews. It's just, and then you wait 45 days, and then it's released to streaming. And there's really just no reason to go to the theater anymore. I mean, you have the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go to a questionable bathroom. You don't know how stale the popcorn's going to be, you know, when you're out at the theater. You know what, it's fresh when you're at home. You know how much ice to put in your soda. I mean, well, I mean, at the end of the day, being a child of the 80s and going to the theaters and getting the popcorn, questionable popcorn. And the Care Bear gummy bears in the box. Exactly. Or even on top of it, the questionable soda on top of it. All of that is fodder for how I came up with the intro for this podcast with the whole where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered down sodas. Yeah. Because I numerous times went to the movie theater as a kid and ended up with stale popcorn and watered-down soda because shit was either way stale or the syrup and the water didn't mix correctly. And yeah. But it was all part of the experience. And I exactly. really do think that when it comes to entertainment, yeah, the movies may be more flashy and you know more expensive to make with all of the the you know special effects and everything but i really really can't help but think that we really had it good when we were kids when it came to came to movies well because here's my other point too you also have to remember when we were kids you did not have the world wide web dark web Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it the interwebs so there was no youtubes there was no google and all of that so generally as a kid, you're not necessarily in the loop on X, Y, and Z happening. Mm-hmm. So you go to a movie and you're planning on watching the never ending story, and then bam, trailer number one starts. It's like, oh. Yeah. And it's like something really incredibly genius that you didn't know was coming. Right. 
and we or, grew up, or or it was a sequel to yeah something else that you absolutely loved. You didn't know that they were even thinking about doing a sequel right. to, and it's like, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And then you still had to wait like a freaking year and a half for it to come out, right? And I really think that the newer generations are so caught up in the instant gratification. Like when we were growing up and we were watching TV, I get so frustrated now when I hear people say there's nothing on TV. And then I'm like, you have so many streaming services. Do not tell me unless you have sat in front of your TV on the TV guide channel, watching it scroll through, not finding anything and having to wait till it scrolls through again, you know, just to find something. And then and then, good sir, you can tell me that there's nothing to watch on TV. But if you have to lower yourself to going to two or three different streaming sites until you can find something that you want to watch, shut your mouth. Well, because at the end of the day, here's the point. When you and I were kids, if you were lucky enough to have cable TV, mm -hmm. what was your cable TV? Probably 25 channels at the most. Yeah. So, And you, you watched had... what your parents wanted to watch. Exactly. You had ABC, you had NBC, you had CBS, you had, eventually at some point in the 80s, you had Fox. And then, yeah, if you were lucky, your cable, like like premium cable, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, and Disney, that was it. And you had to pay like 60 bucks a month for that shit. Yeah, 60 bucks in the 80s, which would be like paying two or 300 bucks a month for cable now. Yeah. So, so don't think the cable is just as expensive now. It was just as bad back then. It just you didn't have all the options in front of you. Right. Now, I don't want to hear the argument there's nothing on TV. Excuse me, you have 2500 freaking channels of TV or music channels that you can listen to. And not only that, everything's on demand now. You can stream almost anything. Uh -huh. So you just have to think of something that you want to watch, and there's a very good chance that it's somewhere to stream for free. Evidently, or except for the never-ending story. Because that's why Amanda's not here yeah. with us, because she hasn't seen this movie in a while and didn't feel like she could bring justice to the episode <laughs> on her for that. I, oh, I love this movie so much. I do too. So um, I think before we get to the reviews, let's brief is there any one true moment in this movie that really resonated with you as a kid when you watched this movie i think at the end when the empress is begging bastion just to say her name that it's emotion the name of the episode on the top of the screen yeah like the emotion that that young girl was able to elicit and they filmed it so beautifully, just watching her eyes, and it zoomed in on her face, and she's like, just say my name. And, oh, chills. Like, ooh, chills. I love that part. And it, it is beautiful. And it, it continues to grow. Like, she does it, like, three, four times. Before yeah. Before he finally gives in and runs to the window and screams the name out the window. Yeah. So that was definitely a very powerful moment as well um and it was actually his mom's name mm -hmm. so hats off to i mean they kind of sort of talked about that early in 
the movie, if I remember correctly. But yeah, there's so much about this movie from. Um, I won't go. I mean, we already talked about the Atreyu and Artax thing. That is and probably I also want to talk about the. I also want to talk about the end when Falcor or Bastion gets to ride Falcor and he gets to chase his, his bullies down. I love it. I love it so much. That is like the that is like old school 1980s fuck around and find out. That is exactly where I was going to go with my moment too. Because like I said, we already had discussed and given justice to the Atreyu and the horse scene gut punch from hell but one of those definite victorious ha sucker moments was a tray or not a tray bastion getting his wishes and his first wish was to literally probably go on a ride on falcor and then he gets a second wish and he whispers it in falcor's ear and they end up coming in off the freaking horizon from into down town new york city and the bullies see him coming like and can we talk about her for just a brief moment bastion is not very old and i think it's like super concerning that his dad let him walk to school alone in that city yeah yeah well because here's the other point too and this was a plot hole for me that i didn't think about as much when i was a kid but this last time when i rewatched it for this episode it's like um where is the adult concern for the fact that clearly this kid is alone in the school after hours? Nobody has noticed that this kid has gone missing. Like his teacher didn't report him absent, strike one. And secondly, his dad, his dad wasn't like, missing. hey, yeah, my kid's not home and it's storming out and you know, let me call the school. And then he calls the school and finds out Bastion never went to school. Like, I would have so many red flags going off. Like, where's my kid? Exactly. But, I mean... Plot holes all over the place because movies do that and they're not 100% perfect plot point-wise. And I definitely, definitely want to go visit that bookstore. Oh my god, yes. That bookstore had a very much vibe of the bookstore that Amanda took me to in, um, yeah, Fort Worth, I believe. Yeah, I think wherever the damn she knows what bookstore it is, but it's very much it's old school. You open the door and you have that old book smell all over the place. That is probably one of my favorite smells oh my in God. the world. I actually have a perfume that smells like that. I have an aunt who used to have like an old used bookstore. The bookstore smelled the exact same way. And it's like when we opened the door and walked into that place. Oh my God. It took me back. Yeah. Big time. Almost emotionally overcame me because like, oh my God, I remember my childhood. I remember yeah. sitting in the rows and stacks of books, picking out books and reading. That's how I found books like jaws to read or lord of the rings or the hobbit or you know whatever like bookstores so, nowadays like barnes and noble and all that they're great if you want your run of the mill like if you're just running in 
to pick up a book that you know was just released and you want to grab a copy. Cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. But those old school bookstores are so neat if you just want to go browse and you're looking for a gift for someone that is, you know, bibliophile, like you can find first editions or I love finding books that are really, really beat up and have a lot of annotations in them. And I love to give those as gifts to people or keep them for myself because it's like you're having a conversation with someone about the book that you're reading. Very much so. It, again, it adds to the whole level of that kind of entertainment mm-hmm. was, was meta before meta was cool. Yeah. As, and that's exactly where this movie is coming from in a, by that perspective because you have everything going on in the world of Fantasia and then the realization that you have Bastion reading about what's going on in Fantasia, but then it's explained loosely to a certain extent that okay then more than likely there's probably somebody reading about bastion reading about um fantasia mm-hmm. and so you just and then there's someone it. reading about someone who's reading about bastion who's reading about fantasia and there's just so many levels exactly. to it it's again that's the only way to put to put it is it's meta before meta was meta yeah so um Ultimately, at the end of the day, go ahead. What's your thoughts on this movie as a complete entity? So are we doing ratings? Yeah. Okay. Rating and, re- rating and review. I I am a firm believer that there's no perfect movie. But I got to go. F- Unfortunately. I got to go 495. So the, evidently, there's no perfect movie. But we're going to get as close right. to this rating as Shannon could get. This one, is it the best movie ever written? No. Is it the most technically stunning video movie ever? No. But when you add those things to the nostalgia of my childhood, it creates an all-encompassing just experience for me. And that is why I'm rating it 495. It is spectacularly amazing as far as whenever I watch it, it takes me right back to the first time. And a lot of movies, the more you watch them, the more they just kind of lose their luster. You're just mm-hmm. kind of, you just eventually get bored. But this one, you don't. You, you could watch this movie so many times and every time you see something new, see, you see some different nuance in it. And it, it truly is a different experience every time you watch it. And I love that about it. And I will recommend that if you've watched this movie, do read the book. It is incredible as well. I 100% will agree with that. Um, I will go 4.75 with mine because again, like you said, there is no perfect movie. And I do have the plot whole point being like, Okay, how long was he cooped up in that school alone? Nobody found him. Nobody was worried about him. Not administrators, not his father. Not, mm-hmm. You know, it, a little bit unrealistic in that aspect. But uh, it's still, it's a great movie. And for everything that this movie lacks by today's standards 
it's so much more all-encompassing and it takes you back in a way that I don't think movies made today necessarily can. But at the same time, movies made today obviously aren't, aren't taking us back as far as what the never-ending story would be taking us back because like Avengers Endgame only came out however many years ago it came out. It's not 30, 40 years old yet. But still, at the end of the day, as much, this movie means so much to me cinematically. It means so much to me for helping develop my love of literature. It's such an incredible movie. It's an incredible ride. This movie, I had not even thought about it yet until rewatching this movie. This is a movie that I look forward to at some point in the very near future introducing to my nephew and seeing if I can get him to feel the same way I can about it. I'm not saying 100% that I can because he's a product of the no attention span generation. But I will try. So um, definitely highly recommend this book. The book, the movie... All of it. It's great. Not necessarily as much part two and part three. Yeah, skip those. They're trash. Um, but definitely the OG of the trilogy. Highly recommend checking it out and watching it. If you have not, it is fucking incredible. It is a fantastical fantasy movie. And the guy who played Atreyu oh. back in the day, if you're single, hit me up. <laughs> uh, you might want to Google before you say that because I have Googled and I have seen a current picture of him. Doesn't look the same. Well, I would hope not. <laughs> I hope True. he doesn't look 12 anymore. <laughs> that would that definitely would change the basis of his appeal. True. So, now gonna... is there anything coming up on Crime Rewind? and literature reapers that the listeners need to be made aware of absolutely so casey was kind enough to fill in to uh cover for amanda on crime rewind so if you are listening to this crime rewind released yesterday and it was a hell of a case um we covered the disappearance of elaine park so definitely check that out um we've got our mid-month check-in for 19 minutes coming up here soon for literature reapers which is still climbing on the charts for good pods so that's awesome thank you guys for all of your support there um let's see here also check out dre's black jeopardy that will have aired or recorded yesterday but it'll be dropping on friday um amanda's probably got something going on with the sip list She's always got something going on with the sip list. Yeah, she gives me a hard time about my freaking OCD scheduling. Hers is maybe not quite as bad as mine, but it ain't very fucking far behind it. So. <laughs> and then we also have um, Robin Williams' results coming out here very soon for the finals. So yes, that's... the results of the Robin Williams Memorial Tournament will be announced on Friday. And it will be announced in the fact of the winning movie we'll get an entire episode dedicated to it we'll give you the results in the beginning of the episode but the entire episode will be about 
the movie that won. Yes. But I've seen how, how the results are going so far, and I can tell you probably what it will be, but I'm not planning on I could see a late surge coming in that matchup too. So I will buy votes if I have to. I have a preference and I have voted accordingly. Um, it was tough for me to get to this point based on, you know, the matchups last week really broke my heart. But this week I, I definitely have, you know, my my bet on a certain pony. So I'm I'm hoping they're gonna finish on the finish line first. Not giving away what her pony is, but right now that pony is way out in front of the movie in second place right now. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, 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 giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, up, up. <laughs> So really quick before, um, I'm going to give you guys a very brief what's coming up on an evening at the movies. But I also, because it's coming up very, very soon as of September 5th. One, September 5th is new Stephen King book day. The one, two, three, four, fifth, sixth. One, one, two, three, outsider, if it bleeds. Sixth, Holly Gibney book will be coming out on September 5th called Holly. If you are a Stephen King lover and didn't know that was coming, I highly recommend you go check it out, pick it up, read it. I will be picking it up. Well, no, it will be delivered on the 5th by Amazon. Haha, <laughs> because I pre-ordered. Also, as well, um, that very same day, um, two An Evening at the Movies icons, as well, are releasing another book in their Science of franchise. Um, Meg Haftal and Kelly Florence have written a Science of Agatha Christie book, and that will be released released on September 5th as well. And it was recently announced that their next science of that comes after that is the science of Alfred Hitchcock as well. So definitely, I highly recommend. I have read all of their science of so far. I will be picking up the science of Agatha Christie and reading it. I will be picking up the science of Alfred Hitchcock when it comes out as well. Great books. I highly recommend picking them up. As for an evening at the movies, Romy and Michelle, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, Midsummer, Stephen King Birthday Bonanza, Halloween Horror Fest, and... Shanna's Birthday Episode. Shanna's Birthday Episode and Gross Point Blank all coming up next. So stay tuned for all of that. And um, I think that's it. And our first ever chaos bracket will be coming as well oh, yes. sometime in September. So <laughs> be stay tuned for that as well. Um, if you're not following us on social media, you can follow us there and stay updated as to when that happens, but definitely follow us because then you can vote and help create even more of the chaos for the chaos bracket as well. With all that said, thank you, Shannon, for being here and talking about this movie with us. Thank you to the listeners for being here as well. Um, and you know what? Amanda's not here, so I'm going to let Shanna say goodbye and send us out of here like we always do. So, Shanna, the floor is yours. If I remember correctly, it is. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And we hope you come back for an evening at the movies.
Peace and hair grease. Yeah. See you.